Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Great Lent, and today the Gospel is about the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's why today is called Temptation Sunday. Temptation Sunday. And today we celebrate the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ over the devil. And that's what Lent is all about. Lent is all about victory over the devil. And when the devil went into the garden and caused Adam and Eve to fall into temptation and to fall into sin, they were cast out of paradise. They were exiled from the paradise of joy and they entered into the wilderness. And they entered into the wilderness. And it it, it was as if the devil broke into the house of God and stole mankind. And left mankind left stranded by himself in the wilderness. But that's not the end of the story. And that's why the first verse of the gospel, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. There are people who are led into temptation by their own carnal desires and their own lusts and their own doing. And there are people who are led by the Spirit into temptation. And Lent is about being led by the Spirit into temptation. If we are led by the Spirit into temptation, we will have victory. We will have victory. But it was as if the Lord went into the wilderness... To reclaim mankind and to take back, it was an invasion, and the Lord was going into the wilderness to take back mankind from being in the wilderness, from being from the, in the bondage of the enemy. It was the wilderness that imprisoned man, and now the wilderness that imprisoned man now is the place of man's liberation. And that's why if someone wants to give their life to God, where do they go? They go to the wilderness. Because the wilderness that was in bondage, the place that enslaved us, now is the place of our liberation. Because Christ had victory in the wilderness. This period of Lent is not just about changing diet or changing food. This period of Lent is about, are you going into the wilderness? Did you go to the wilderness yet? And are you at war with Satan? Are you at war with Satan? And it's about defeating temptation. And this period is about being victorious over the devil. I want to ask you, are you at war with Satan or are you eating falafel for dinner? It's a big difference. Some people just have falafel for dinner, but some people are at war with the devil. We are at war with Satan. And that's why I want to speak to you about how we can become victorious in this war over Satan. Sometimes people, we find fasting to be fruitless because at the end of the fast, I'm still tempted by the same same things that I was tempted at before I started the fast. And so you say, then what's the point of fasting? I'm still struggling with the same things and I'm still dealing with temptation. And this is a mistake that we have in our minds, that we think fasting takes away temptation. Does fasting take away temptation? No. Fasting does not take away temptation. Fasting gives us the ability to resist temptation. 
And that's why, I, like, we're going to speak a lot of the paradise of desert fathers today. And I, there's so much to say. Because the paradise of desert fathers, they're in the wilderness at war with Satan. Constantly. And there's a beautiful story of Ava Joseph. I like this story. He was an old man. He says he was at the point of death. And he was with some of his disciples. And he looked up and he saw a little devil outside his cell. So he told his disciples, he says, bring me my stick. Bring my stick to me. For there is one who thinks I am getting old. And I have no more strength against him. And as he gripped the stick, the old man saw that the devil fled away like a, like a dog and disappeared from their sight. This was a desert father who dedicated his life to God. And even he's praying and he's the saintly monk. And in the last days of his life, he still sees the devil trying to get into his cell. So fasting doesn't take away temptation. Fasting gives us strength to resist temptation. The message today is grab your stick. Grab your stick. Do not give up in your fight against temptation. And I feel that God is allowing us to be tempted. He is allowing us to be tempted for our salvation. For example, God forbid we fall into temptation. And we fall into temptation a lot. But when we fall into temptation, we should feel humiliated by our sins. But when we confess our sins, then we feel God's mercy. We feel God's love. And when we feel God's mercy and God's love, this attracts us more and more to God. This attracts us more and more to God. And so this is like, this is what the, like St. Macarius, another story by St. Macarius, he says, there is only one thing in which I, like the devil was speaking to St. Macarius, he says, there is only one thing in which I am unable to overpower you. It is not fasting. He says, I fast, I'm a demon, I don't eat food. He says, it's not visuals. You pray a lot, but it's not visuals which defeat me. But what is it, St. Macarius, that defeats me? says, your humility. Your humility. When we humble ourselves before God, and we, we like see our weakness before God, this is what defeats Satan. So you will not defeat Satan by your might or with your strength. You will defeat Satan by... Your humility, to admit your weakness, to say, I am powerless against you, Satan. What do you want? That's what St. Anthony said. He said, I am weaker than your weakest. I am weaker than your weakest. But when we are weak, God gives us strength. Don't be discouraged by your temptation. Know that your temptations are for your salvation. Defeat your temptation by acknowledging your weakness. I feel this these days. God is, uh, the devil is defeating us because we are not confessing our sins. We are not. We're not. And we don't acknowledge our weakness. And actually, we do the opposite. Actually, we put a, a smile on our face, Kira, and we make an admit that everything is good. We're inside, we have lots of sin and we're struggling with a lot of things. Do not pretend. Do not put on a mask. Defeat the devil with the truth. Admit your weakness and you will find that God will, will help you in your struggle. Number two, we can defeat the devil by true fasting. By true fasting. I say true fasting because fasting is to be without food. 
That's what fasting means, to be without food. But true fasting is to be without food and to be full. To be full. And that's why it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward, as you would expect, and as we all are when we fast a long day, we get hungry. And I have a question for you then. And I am hungry, and the Lord Jesus Christ was hungry. Why didn't he turn the stones to be bread? Why? Why not? Why not? And I think, like, this was Christ. He fed 5,000 with a few loaves and a few fish. He is Christ who changed water into wine. He had no problem doing miracles. Why not just turn a few stones to bread? Well, eat your fish, and you're hungry, and you fasted 40 days, and be happy. Why not? Why? Why, Lord, you, you say, no, I won't turn these stones to bread? He showed us for several reasons. To show that fasting is not about food. Fasting is not about food. Fasting is about what is sustaining you, what sustains you, what is fueling you, what, are you, what fuels you, what motivates you. Are you running on carbs and protein and calories? And What are you running on? You should be running on the Word of God. Be running on the Word of God. Carbs, calories, proteins, all of these are molecules. Is a molecule living or is it dead? Thank you. It is dead. It is dead. Molecules do not give life. A molecule cannot give life. What gives life is? Is God. God gives life. Not molecules. Molecules do not live. God is the one who gives life. And that's why when Lazarus was dead... They didn't say, like, bread cannot raise Lazarus from the dead. But what raises Lazarus from the dead is the word of God. Is the word of God. And when Ezekiel saw the bones and he was in a cemetery, the Lord told him, speak to the bones. And the bones came together and formed flesh. It is not molecules that give life. It is the breath of life. It is the Holy Spirit which gives life. And after all of this, we talk about the bread. Ya Rabbi. The, another reason that God, the Lord Jesus Christ refused to change the stones into, or the stones into bread is from the Pauline epistle today. It says in the Pauline epistle of today, it says, For even Christ did not please himself. Christ does not please himself. He didn't please himself. And St. John Chrysostom, on this point, he says, St. Paul is always points to Christ's self-sacrifice, Christ's self-sacrifice, and when he asks us to make sacrifices. So when like, St. Paul asks us to make a sacrifice, he says, look at the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ did. Didn't even fill himself, didn't please himself after he had been fasting. And I want to dig deeper into this concept of this, this indulging. Because St. John Chrysostom, he says, fasting is abstinence from things evil. 
Hunger is the desire of evil. Hunger is the desire of evil. Bread is the gratification of desire. He who indulges his, himself in any evil thing turns stone to bread. He who indulges in any evil thing turns stone to bread. Let me give you some of examples of this because Ahna Coptic people are the best people at turning stones to bread. We're so good at it. We fast 55 days and we do mataniyat and we do a lot of things and we are great people. Amazing. And then on the Feast of Resurrection, we take all our practice of virtue and all the self-control and all the stuff we do like that we've worked on and we use all our practice of virtue as an excuse for gluttony and we use it for gluttony Lord have mercy on us and we make the, the feast of resurrection about what clothes are we going to wear and what are we going to eat and a tabikh and we need to prepare the azumas and Ya Rabbi Fainted virtue and fainted, you have turned stone to, to bread. You have turned, 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 turned stone to, to bread. We do something good and we use our good as an excuse to do something less good. We use it as an excuse to do something less good. One might say, I attended liturgy today, so I don't need to pray tonight. I, I prayed enough. We did something good. I use it as an excuse to do something less good. I attended liturgy yesterday. That means I can be lazy on Sunday. That's good. It's not good that you be lazy on Sunday. It's not good. So doing something good does not give you a license to do something less good. Just because Christ fasted 40 days doesn't mean he changes bread or stone to bread. Another reason, the Lord didn't turn stones to bread in order to teach us never to listen to any word that comes from the devil. Turning stones to bread is not, in the act itself is not sinful. Actually, there's nothing wrong about turning stones to bread. It's nothing wrong. But listening to the devil in any way, shape or form of anything is wrong, is sin, anyway. And, and we, like Satan, so cunning these days that not everything that Satan says is so obviously evil. And something may not have the appearance of sin, but it's from the devil. It is from the devil. And the devil sometimes, the Bible says, he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Sheep is nice. It's very nice. But inside is a wolf. Is a wolf. If you search inside, there's a wolf. And I think if you search inside the media, if you search inside movies these days, if you search inside music, if you search inside a lot of things, you know what you'll find? The devil. On the outside it looks like a nice beat and it's nice and woo and all this stuff. But inside, the signature of the devil. This icon, do you see this icon? All of the icons here, they have a signature on them. It's somewhere on there. 
And if you look closely, you'll find the signature on every icon. And I feel the devil has signed so many things. And he has icons of himself. And they might not be the devil. But, and then we take these icons and we bring them into our homes. And we have an icon of Satan in our homes. You believe me or you don't believe me? You have icons of Satan. And you bring music and you bring araf and you bring pornography and you bring all of these things. Icons of Satan into your house. Main fash. Main fash. That's why St. Paul, he says, What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? True fasting is to remove all these icons that have the devil's signature into shufu in your house. Where is the devil's signature on these things? And you take them and you burn them. Remember the magic books in Acts? When they collected all the magic books, what did they do? They donate them to goodwill? No, they burned it. Got rid of it. We cannot have icons for Satan in our home. Even if it looks nice, the Disney movies, haha, very cute. No, not acceptable in the house of God. Number three, we defeat the devil through persistence and prayer. Through persistence and prayer. In the second temptation, the devil took the Lord to the pinnacle and asked him to jump. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then the Lord told him, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What does it mean to tempt the Lord your God? To tempt the Lord your God is to put God into a corner. To put him into a corner. And sometimes we dictate to God how he should act. How he should act. Because we have all the solutions. So we have a problem. We say, God, you should do this. This is tempting God. We do not have the authority to, to dictate to God. This is tempting God. Our job is not to tell God how to do his job. He knows what he is doing. He is the Pantocrator. Our job is to ask him to intervene, to be in our midst, to help us in our struggle. Our job is to be persistent in prayer, to trust that God will answer in his time. I love what we pray in the Agbeya. I cry to the Lord and he, he heard me, he heard me. God, hear my prayer. Do not refuse my petition. That's our job. We say this prayer. And the devil, he loves to take us to the pinnacle of the temple. And he wants us all to... He loves to push people and make them fall. But how come he doesn't pick you up? No, he doesn't pick you up. He pushes people down. The devil is always trying to make people fall. And the, the, the worst part about it is, where does he want you to fall? Yani, why didn't he take the Lord to a mountain and push him off the mountain? But he took him to the pinnacle of the temple. Why? Why take him to the pinnacle of the temple? He brought him to the pinnacle of the temple so he could make a mockery of God and say, if you fall in the church, God's going to leave you. 
He doesn't care about you. He's going to. And many people, they feel, I pray to God in the church, I do all these things. And there's no angels, no one's caring about me, God is not lifting me up, God is not doing... And so it makes God look very weak. To make God look very weak. And the devil is so cunning, he wants it in the church. He loves to make the sons of God to fall, to make them look weak. So they trust, they don't trust in the power of God. Say, where is the power of God? But this is not the way of God. The way of God is not to carry you on angels and exalt you from from the suffering that you are facing. Because even if you look at the temptation, or when the Lord was in the garden of Gethsemane, and St. Peter, he brought out a sword and cut off the ear, then the Lord said, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? He said, put the sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you not think that I could pray now to my Father and He will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? So the angels, they can come and they can carry you. But that's not the way that God has for you. God prefers to let us struggle To face, and God will be with us in the struggle. And that's why the answer of the Lord is so beautiful. Do not tempt the Lord means we need to be long suffering. We need to be long suffering. God is long suffering. He bears with us in our weakness, and we need to bear and we need to carry our cross. Not say, I don't want a cross. We, we ask God to carry our cross with us. St. John Chrysostom, he said, this, that the Lord said this, teaching us that we must overcome the devil, not by miracles. We don't over- overcome the devil by miracles and angels carrying and, 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 and pomp and honor. No, but by forbearance and long-suffering that we should do nothing for display or vainglory. That we should do nothing for display of vainglory. We defeat the devil by being persistent in our confession. Being persistent in our fight against sin. I'll close with a a proverb from from Solomon. He says, "For, for the righteous may fall seven times, they rise again. God is the one that rises. He is the one that carries us. But the wicked, they stumble when calamity strikes. Today, we want to be victorious against the temptations of the devil. That's what Lent is all about. It is about war. It's not about fadafil. It's about being faithful. It's about, it's about trusting in God. It's about carrying our cross. This is a journey. I hope we enjoy this journey and we have peace. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.